Chapter four, a local CIA contact had provided Chuck with a dirt bike and he was riding it down to the port. The gate to the container yard was open during the day, so Chuck entered and raced his motorcycle across the yard. He had an Uzi slung over his shoulder now and was ready to blast his way onto the ship. There had been an armed guard stalking the decks all night and all morning, but to his surprise, the guard was nowhere in sight. Chuck rode the dirt bike right up the gangplank and stopped on deck, ready to dispatch any of the pirates, whatever it took to free the crew. But no gunmen appeared. They'd been in sight all morning. Now they were gone. Had they gone into town while he was dealing with the two attackers? He had no idea. Chuck shut off the engine and leaned the bike on its kickstand. He looked around. It was an old tramp ship, the kind that took on various cargoes by crane and was no longer commonly used in major ports for common trade. The big container ships were more efficient, so these smaller tramp ships serviced low-traffic out-of-the-way ports, including shallow ports and those up rivers that were not deep enough for the mega ships. The tramp ship's name was Belama. She stretched around 250 feet in length with a dirty white paint job and a big red smokestack amidships. Portholes lined the accommodation, accommodation superstructure which ran from amidships almost to the cruiser, cruiser spoon stern. An excessive number of antennas and satellite discs topped the wheelhouse and upper rear decks. Very unusual. This meant that all cargo would have been loaded into the cargo hatch on the weather deck and dropped down into her holds. Chuck had traveled on an old CIA surveillance ship very similar to this. He walked toward the bow glancing back up at the wheelhouse, but nobody was behind the window. He entered the forecastle, the triangular room just up behind the anchors. What he saw confirmed his worst fears. The forecastle was filled with communication electronics, much like the ship Chuck had traveled on years ago. This secret equipment could only mean that the ship had been retrofitted by the CIA. An intel ship would have extra personnel, analysts, techies, and maybe a team of paramilitaries. Why hadn't his handlers told him this was a CIA ship? Such a ship would likely be defended more fiercely by the, by the criminals than a common tramp ship. Chuck had just walked into a death trap. So where were the defenders? He took the ladder down the manhole into the cargo hold, which was mostly empty. That explained why the ship was riding high on her draft. The, the limited cargo that was there appeared to be supplies for a long voyage, which made sense for a CIA ship that might stay at sea for a long periods. Two refrigerated shipping containers loomed in the dim cargo hold, probably storing food for the crew. He saw crates of computers and electronic equipment, most likely used for intelli intelligence operations at sea. Carefully, he opened up several metal boxes containing weapons, including weapons that were most popular with U.S. Special Forces, especially Navy SEALs. Chuck was leaving when he decided to open a refrigerated container just to verify that it contained food and not some unexpected contraband. Both containers were locked, so he pulled the bolt cutters from his knapsack and cut the locks. Opening the first one, a cloud of supercooled mist poured out. Once that cleared, 
he gasped. The missing crew. They'd been locked in the containers and left to freeze. Five men and three women in a variety of poses. They were all frozen solid. Two women were huddled together by the door. A couple of sailors were huddled alone in a corner. A few were sprawled out on the floor and frozen blood on their chests suggested they'd been shot and left there to die. Of those huddled together, a few of their faces had been severely beaten. A woman's eye had been gouged. One man's fingers had been cut off. A tear watered in Chuck's eye. He felt it run down his cheek. From reading the transcript file, he knew the details about these sailors and their families. He could sense the human repercussions of this tragedy. He closed the door and opened the other container. It was all food. That meant there were still five crew members unaccounted for, plus CIA personnel. Chuck wondered about the fate of the others and about the motives of the killers. These beasts had tortured the doomed crew. A clanking noise spelled trouble. The metal trap door opened above the ladder that led back up to the forecastle. Someone was up there. Chuck realized he was now trapped. Voices. He stepped behind a support column. Peeking around the gray metal pole, he watched as two gunmen climbed down the ladder. Evidently, they'd come back from town or wherever they'd been and found the dirt bike on deck. They were searching the ship. Chuck let his silenced Uzi hang from his shoulder strap. He held his silenced Glock in his gloved hands. As he heard footsteps approaching, he stepped out and said, Looking for me? He fired two shots. The first gunman crashed to the floor. The second killer dove for cover. Chuck squeezed off four shots and nailed the moving target. Well, you found me, Chuck said. He hurried for the ladder and climbed back up to the forecastle. He didn't want to get trapped down there, or he'd be doomed. From the forecastle, he peeked out the door to the weather deck. Nobody else in sight. He ran across the weather deck and entered the main superstructure through the starboard doorway. The metal door was held up in, by holdback hooks, so that all he had to do was step through the open hatchway into the hall. How many more are on this ship, he, uh, he mumbled to himself. 